Activia offers a range of yogurts which are a delicious way to look after your gut health. From the fruit range with carefully selected ingredients to no added sugar and 0% fat offering, as well as a cereals range, there's an Activia for everyone. Made with a unique blend of five ferments creating an irresistibly creamy texture, each pot of Activia is a source of calcium, making it the perfect addition to your daily routine. Activia helps support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. Folks, welcome to the latest episode of the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. On the, today's show, I'm delighted to be joined by Catherine Thomas, who I've been hoping to get on the show for a very long time. And finally, she's sitting here in front of me chatting. How's it going? I am great. Yeah, not a bother. Busy times. Busy times, yeah. Just before we, we flicked on recording, we were going through all of the OT uh, ins and outs and everything else. So yeah, just um, getting into it now and getting into the swing of it. New series. And, um, you know, this time of year for me, I love it because uh, it feels like, you know, the new year is on its way. You can feel what's coming around the corner. And I think January for everybody is um, new year, new you. Uh, and for us, it's Operation Transformation. It all kind of, it's just like, it's a natural part of the new year for me now. Do you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, love it. Still love the show. No more than you do. It, you know? it gets exciling around now because you start meeting the leaders. You have the assessment day. You've got all the kind of the pre-work for the website and all the pre-work meet, meeting the new leaders and stuff. And there's a real sense of refresh and you get revved up. You get revved up for the, for the, for the new series. Yeah. And I, like, this is my 10th year doing it. So it's and every year because you're meeting five new faces um, and who have five stories to tell. It always feels like a new programme because people say, God, you've been doing it that long. Oh, my God. Um, but, you know, because it's always different lives, different stories, different issues, different problems, different personalities um, that people are, you know, that are going into people's sitting rooms every week. That's why it still works. And I think the integrity of the show is that we really try hard to find uh, people who are going to just let it all out, be as honest as they can. And that's why people um, really flock to the show, I think. So um, so this part is, a, is actually probably the most important part of the series, as you know, because you've got to get it right. You know, you've got to get people who are going to, who are going to lead and who are going to inspire uh, and who are going to entertain and who are going to, you know, who are going to last the pace as well because it's so intense. And I don't think uh, a lot of people would be able for it because it is so intense. It's You've hardcore. got a camera in yeah. your face for eight weeks and, you know, it, it li literally is. They move in, the camera person moves in into your village, into your town, into your apartment block, and they are there. They don't just turn up for three hours, three times a week. They are there. So it's to make sure we've got people who are ready for that um, and who are going to, uh, as I said, yeah, um, get to their goals, reach their goals, work hard and um, bring the, the country along with them, you know. Were you nervous 10 years ago when you got asked to come on board? Terrified. <laughs> really? Terrified. <laughs> well, you were stepping in. I was, felt like I was stepping into Jerry Ryan's shoes, you know, and nobody can step into Jerry Ryan's shoes. There were shoes. big shoes to fill. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. So he, Jerry had been doing the show for three years and I got a phone call from um, Mary Curtis, brilliant, brilliant woman who was very 
good to me throughout my career in RTE and from Carlo. And um, she phoned me and she said, would I be interested in doing it? And straight away I said no. Really? I, yeah, I said that is um, not for me. That's Jerry's show. How can I take this on? How can I do it? And um, she said, you just need to come at it with your own personality and bring a different slant to it. So I met Philip and I met the team, um, the, the production team. And uh, I was uh, and still am friends with Mick Ryan, Jerry's brother. And so I rang Mick and I said, what do you think? And, and because this was only, you know, it was not even a year um, after Jerry's passing. Of course, yeah. So it was all very soon and, and all very sudden. You know, and uh, I said to Mick, what, like, what do you think? And uh, he said, absolutely. He said, you know, this is this is the show for you. It's a g great gig. He's like, you'd be perfect for it. You're great with people. Um, and I said, you know, I'm going to do it differently because I can't do it the same. Mm -hmm. And so he said it to Maura. And, you know, and once I kind of knew that I had their backing, then it made the decision easy for me. And then I, I, I knew that I wanted to bring my own personality to it I wanted to bring my own stamp to it I wanted to bring a more uh female not that I wanted to bring a more female um presenting role to it because that was inevitably going to happen as a woman I was going to do things mm -hmm. differently um so yeah so I I arrived in on the first day to meet you all <laughs> and I'll never forget it because Dr. Ava was one of the of first course. people that I, <laughs> I met and um and she said, uh, oh, you know, what are you wearing? And, and um, you know, uh, who's doing your hair and makeup? Because, you know, there, I was the only woman on this show. And uh, I said, oh, Jesus, now this is this is going to be interesting. Yeah. And, um, and you know what? She was so welcoming, as was everybody. And, you know, I, I actually loved her from from day one as well. And, and uh, you know, I think... I think that's what's so good about the, the, the show as well is that everybody's personality mm -hmm. is allowed to shine and everybody's expertise is brought to the front. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was that was 10 years ago. I can't Smash, even believe yeah. it, Carl. 10 Ten. years. Oh, my God. Um, was TV always what you wanted to do? No, I wanted to be an actress. I was off to Hollywood. I spent my entire childhood in speech and drama classes, doing plays, traveling around with community games, doing fesh. Um, uh, I was doing short films. I auditioned for a couple of Roddy Doyle movies. Really? Oh, like Into the Hairbrush. I mean, I that was a, that was where I wanted to go. And then my mother and father, being uh, very um, education oriented, uh, they said, "Well, you can, but you need to get your." Uh, your degree a piece of paper first so um, so I started looking at ways that I could earn money um, and do a course that kind of had me in the entertainment area but not mm -hmm. necessarily doing drama just okay. solely drama so um, so I uh, started writing letters to all the different independent TV production companies in Dublin when I was in so I went I did arts in UCD okay. went there for a year and just knew it wasn't for me. So I spent my time you know, working two jobs. I was waitressing, working in a coffee shop. And then I was going around knocking on doors, just looking for voluntary work. So I ended up in uh, Tyrone Productions for a little bit. And then I ended up in Coco Television and I was labeling videos and making no tea way. and coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was uh, holding an umbrella over Duncan Stewart <laughs> for a couple Duncan of months Stewart. as he went around the place and making Good sure gosh. he stayed dry while he was doing his lines and the whole thing. <laughs> and uh, 
I said, this television lark is actually grand. Like, you know, I'd be well able for this. <laughs> so um, so then I, I was labeling videotapes for a, uh, a lot of female presenters who were auditioning for this new show called Rapid. Uh, they were looking for a female sidekick to work alongside Jason Sherlock at the time. So I was looking at all these tapes and labeling the names of the girls that were coming up. And I was looking at it. I was like, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. So asked for an audition, got it. And that is the start of it. Never, never look back. So that wow. was when I was 21. So left college, uh, convinced my grandmother that I was just taking a year out and I was doing this like show that was only going to last a year and that I'd be going back to college because she was devastated, devastated. And I think my folks were, were, um, you know, slightly nervous as well. But that show was only going to go run for a year. That ran for three years, which ran into No Frontiers, which was a travel show, which ran for 10 years, which ran into Operation Transformation, which ran for 10 years. So... I've kind of got a good record for long running shows. Indeed, <laughs> thankfully. And so hard work is something that you always you always had in your back pocket, I suppose, just from chat. I, I know you obviously, but just yeah. even chatting to you there where you approach companies, you were, you, you chase down gigs, chase down opportunities and an ability to work hard is something you were obviously brought up with. Yeah, 100%. All of us were actually. Um, and it is something that I can't not remember. You know, I remember I was 13 years of age and and um, I was selling Christmas trees in um, a, a derelict shop on the main street in Carlo. So um, I loved working. I've always loved working. I've um, I love the feeling that comes with it. I love the success that comes with it. Um, I love the um, for me, it's the kind of it's it's the feeling of self-worth as well, that um, you're getting out there, you are. Um, using the best of your abilities, um, meeting people. I love people as well. So I've always been, been uh, you know, that's always been a part of me. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, none of us have been afraid of hard work. We've always had summer jobs. We've always loved having summer jobs. We've never, we were never kind of, we were never idle. And it wasn't that we were pushed, you know, uh, hugely by our parents from that perspective but I saw my brother who's a year older than me and he he always liked you know working at 14 and 15 and having mm -hmm. the jobs or whether it was working on a farm or whether it was working in town or whether it was working on my dad's shop floor sweeping up that was just something that was always so we always kind of wanted to do it um and it's funny like I, there's four of us in the family and David is a year older than I am and Linda is three years younger and they would be very financially driven okay um so they are you know they're they're very uh we're all probably career oriented, but they would be um, they would be very financially driven. And then myself and Stephen would be very um, not that we're, you know, well, we wouldn't be as financially driven as the two, <laughs> but we'd be very focused on kind of fulfillment, work life balance um, and trying to trying to kind of that that would be our niche. So there's kind of a a, 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 a nice divide in terms of the family, I suppose. How do you create the balance then? That's, if, if that's if that's a big thing for you in terms of what you do very much you're always on yeah as a as a as a brand as a person probably how do you find the balance then I think the key to balance is doing something that you love to do and finding and um, what that is and then you work so hard at that because you love it so for me when I got into television um back in the day I absolutely loved it I loved being with people. I loved interviewing. So back in the day, I was interviewing kids about sport and 
like, you know, learning all about them achieving and their goals and their dreams and and then traveling with No Frontiers um, for 10 years, I just got to travel the world, learn about different cultures, learn about different people. Like, what was there not to love about it? Is that as glamorous as it sounds? I'm sure people no, always ask you that. The... It looks like it's phenomenally glamorous, you know, amazing locations, amazing, not amazing places, people, experiences. Yeah. But I'm sure behind it all, it's nowhere near as, as impressive. No, words. I mean, I wouldn't say there was nothing glamorous about it, but it was definitely, um, you know, you would be on the road for three weeks in the back of a van with four fellas. And, <laughs> you know, you'd be going from A to B. And the interesting thing was, if you were doing a road trip across the States or you were doing, you know, you were doing a trip in Europe and you were going from Berlin to Hungary to Istanbul or whatever, um, budgets always had to be thought of, you know, so you were trying to get as much in as you can to mm-hmm. get as much content as you can. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of moving, traveling. And, and during that time in 10 years, like I could be away for six months and there was no routine. So it was at that time I was 22, 20, sorry, 20, 23, 24, possibly. And um, my friends were all in college and I'd be gone for three weeks, back for two weeks, gone for a month back. Um, And I, when I started doing No Frontiers, I was backpacking. So they hired me to do the independent travel segment of the show. So it was Outer Mongolia. It was Lapland. Mm -hmm. It was Papua New Guinea. It was Thailand. It was Mongolia. Like it was the best time for me, who is like a complete adventure junkie, who is a complete um, you know, jump two feet first and see what happens and think about it afterwards. That is my personality. That's who I am. Um, and so I couldn't have started work like that. I couldn't have, have got, got myself involved in a better show because um, what it also, I mean, for the 10 years, and it was a, it's a very impressionable age, like the decade, mm-hmm. it's, it was all through my 20s. I grew up on the road in my 20s and I... You know, one one week I would be sleeping in a in a hut in northern Vietnam, uh, trekking for you know six or seven days, and the following week I could be in the Burj Al Arab in um, a seven star, you know, ridiculously ostentatiously um, wealthy environment, but you know, so often with very little soul and much more soul, say, in on the floor of a, a buffalo hut that I'd been in, you know, five days beforehand. So the what I really look back and what I know now looking back at that person who was in their 20s growing up was um, the incredible opportunity that was to see the world we live in, see how different people live their lives, understand different cultures that just because we live a certain way in Ireland and view ourselves in a certain uh, light, it's not necessarily that one way of this one way that we live in Ireland is the correct way of living. This is mm-hmm. the way we live. But there are so many different cultures, so many different um, countries. And as a woman as well, you know, I've traveled all over the world where women are don't are not afforded the same opportunities as we are here and, you know, don't have the right to vote, um, you know, are, are treated like second class citizens. So um, that was my education. My education was um, really understanding and being um, understanding and and um, acknowledging that people live different ways and people have different views and accepting that because just because you have one particular way of, of, of living, it doesn't mean that that's the right way. It, that's just your way. So I understood, uh, I, I will always be thankful and grateful that that taught me and I think it made me the person that I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can't help but travel like that for 10 years and not not be impacted by it. Do you know what I mean? So I loved it. Um, 
And so coming back to your point about balance, it is I feel very fortunate. I feel really lucky with the life that I have and the career that I've had because work is so important to me and everything that I do, I put 120 percent mm -hmm. into it. And I really believe that if you take something on, you you need to give 120 percent. So the fact that I've always loved what I do. It's easy, I suppose, for me to say that because you can give 120%. I've never not liked going to work. I've never gotten into the car and gone, oh, Jesus. You know, every time I get in, every time I turn up, like I feel an energy for, for, for what I do and the people that I work with. And I also feel that um, working in the independent sector where we have done, um, you know, you are, everybody is there and they're on, they're, they're, you know, you're only as good as your last job. So mm -hmm. you're working with people who care, who, 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 who want to make the best production. So just because I am the, you know, the, the walk and talk and mouthpiece on camera, there is, you know, you have to rely on a team of people behind you to make the best show and to make, you know, so it really it's teamwork. And I've never, I've never not respected that, I suppose, because when you're on the road, especially there's two camera, you know, camera sound and you, Mm -hmm. um, and you're on the road for four weeks just because you are, you know, the result of what goes out on the, you look like the result of what goes out. You know, if you don't have your left and right, right up there as good as you are, or you're not delivering like they are, then you don't have the same show. Mm -hmm. So um, there was never me in business class and them down the back or me not looking <laughs> flight cases, you know, it was always, or me, they always, they always used to say, or, uh, you know, because some hotels, they, they'd give me the nicest room as the presenter and uh, there'd be a, a coin flip at some point <laughs> to make sure that that was divvied out as well. <laughs> so teamwork, teamwork is important Teamwork for, for me is everything. Yeah. I, I love working in a team. I, I, um, I'm not that good of a solo player because I've never really had to be. You know, okay. I love when a product happens because of a number of people and a number of different areas of expertise coming together to make it work. I love that. So, um, yeah, definitely. I'm a I'm, I think I'm a team player anyway. Yeah, well, I, I know you long enough. I, I would certainly say you are. Folks, you're listening to The Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. How do you handle the bad days then? So, so far, it's all been very happy and positive and yeah. brilliant. And you're very much liked it as a person. As long as I've known you, you've been like that. You rock into your room, you're bubbly, you're bright, you're, it's, it's energetic and it's positive. Everyone gets tough days, uh, particularly you, I think, because of the brand and the fact that you are the face of anything that you do. Mm. I think confidence um, is, is probably one that I need to... Um, acknowledge because I am very confident. Mm -hmm. I've always been confident as a kid. Um, you know, as I said, I was kind of a tomboy as well. Like, you know, I, again, looking at my brother, I'd be climbing trees, falling out of stuff, you know, and again, that whole adrenaline junkie. And I, I think in a way it's, it's probably not as much now that I've become a mom because now I'm thinking about somebody else, but it's that, um, that I've never been afraid of things. I've never been afraid of failure. I've, I'd rather do and try and fail and learn and go again. Um, but I suppose the older that you get and the longer that you are, because television can be a fickle business. Mm -hmm. So you are to a large degree at the mercy of um, how television viewing is changing, how a program is being watched, ratings, um, RTE making decisions, what's happening in the world, you know, like television isn't the same industry as it was when I started 20 years ago. So you are kind of at the mercy of other people making decisions for you. And, and, um, so, you know, and, and how, you know, with, with the rise of Netflix and the rise mm -hmm. of online and all of this. So 
Um, there are days where you go, OK, you know, uh, like I am really I, and I always try and, and hone my presenting skills and I always think you're never the best at what you can be. I always think um, there is something to learn. Um, but, you know, you, you do get those days where you go, what if this is the, the last year or what if Dave. this is? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and you've just got to come back to um, reminding yourself. And I think this is with everything, whether it's career whether it's your weight, whether it's your health, whether it's your relationship. Um, you know, when you start talking negatively to yourself or about yourself, I think um, that can that can get out of control very quickly. So when I'm having those days, when I'm having those days of self-doubt where I'm, you know, I can feel anxiety lifting, I, I have to sit back and I go, OK, you know, you can go down this rabbit hole or you can sit back and go, what are you good at? Why are you good at it? How hard have you worked? You know, and remind yourself. And I think we don't do this often enough. Mm -hmm. We need to remind ourselves um, of, of the things that we are good at. And um, I think as Irish people, and I don't know, maybe particularly as women, um, we tend to, 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 to not big ourselves up. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of have to have, it's not a talking down to myself, it's a talking up to myself. So I have to go, you are good at what you do. You have worked hard. Um, you're a good mother. You're a good partner. That's not to say you're perfect, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I've got to kind of go there and uh, and and start building up the confidence and, and mm -hmm. get rid of that voice that can kind of come up okay. uh, when you don't want it to. So you have an ability to step back from it yeah. and to see the bigger picture yeah. and then to pull back and to look up your strengths very much and say, okay, I'm good at X, Y, and Z. And and, yeah, and I also am the type of person who just goes, you know, today is today and live it and do it. And, you know, I have this um, ability and I'm thankful for it that I go, you know, no matter what, things are going to be fine. That's the way I, I, I kind of talk to myself. And I've always been like that. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if today is shit. Um, tomorrow will be better. And I kind of adopt that attitude um, and and and. I always have. So I'm kind of, it's worked so far. Mm. So I think it's, I'm, I'm, I'm by nature a positive person. I hope now I have awful days and bad days, but by nature, I think I'm a positive person. And my dad has been instrumental in that because he is the most positive person I know. Um, always has been um, and has probably been the biggest influence in my life, I would say. Nothing gets my dad down. Nothing gets my dad down and it's baffled me and I've often said it to him and he he will say, you know, it does and he'll talk it out or he'll think it out. But his disposition is he's got a sunny, happy disposition mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, um, I, I, I hope I've just that's rubbed off on me in a little way. Health. Fitness, wellness uh, yes. plays a huge part in your life, both in terms of business, which we'll chat about in a minute, but also on a personal level yeah. and always ha always has done. Yeah. Um, running, weights. What, what do you love to do? I love to run. I love the gym. I love Pilates. I love boxing. Um, I love hiking. I love being outside. I love being outside. And I think, again, um, one of the reasons why I set up Pure Results was for that because I don't think people get into the outdoors enough mm -hmm. and I again was fortunate enough 10 years on the road I never had a desk never sat at a desk so I was out I was walking I was hiking I was you know that's just you were carrying cameras you were climbing mountains I was canoeing and so I was very and I'm very fortunate to have had that so and I'm somebody who who needs to be on the go like a whole lot I'm not I'm not that good at, at, 
at sitting down and, and doing nothing. So, um, and um, and it's only when I set up my own business um, six years ago that I had a desk, which I sit down. Six years ago. Six now. years ago. Is yeah. For pure results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But um, so for me, being outside is really important. So I need to get outside every day. And I think, and it's and it's easier said than uh, than done in that, um, I, like I know now being a mom myself the struggle that parents have, you're getting kids ready and you're putting them in the car and you're getting them to crash and then you're probably driving into an underground car park and you're going to work in an office and you're out and you're in and you're shopping and you're in the gym. And so the kind of that, having that ability and having that time to get outside is not that easy for people mm -hmm. during the week um, with the, the schedules and, and, and the busyness. So, um, but for me, it's, it's crucial. If I don't get outside for an hour a day, if I don't, you know, get out at the weekends, I just don't feel right. I don't feel the same. So I need fresh air. I need to feel it in my lungs um, I, to function properly, to kind of keep my head the way it needs to be. So running for me is 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 a big one. And and I'm glad I'm back running again, because after I had Ellie, she's 20 months now. Um, when I was pregnant, I just couldn't I couldn't run. I could mm -hmm. I just something happened in my head that said, do not do this. And literally I was, it was a fear that because it took us so long to get pregnant yeah. and I didn't want to put any undue stress or any undue pressure um, on myself or on the baby. And even though my doctor was going, you're fine, you can run. Mm -hmm. But it was just psychologically, I had a block that, that just wouldn't let me run. And then even after when, when, when I had her, um, you know, five months later, four or five months later, I still, there was this fear and it was just, it was an awful fear. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to not be able to do the one thing that I absolutely mm -hmm. love doing. Uh, I'm not going to be able to do it. And slowly again, it was kind of taking that, that time and working out, um, you know, from a confidence perspective, breaking it back down again yeah. and going, um, you know, you were very good at running. You need to get back. It, this is not an irrational fear. You you are a very justified fear around this whole space and working through it and asking the questions. And then it was going back to what I do and no more than what you do mm -hmm. with the with the Operation Transformation leaders. I'll never forget Siobhan McKillen back in the day, one, one of the leaders. And she was like, I can't run, Catherine, I yeah, can't I run, that, I yeah. can't run. And we were in a, a park in in uh, Clondalkin and we were just going from lamppost to lamppost and I had to go back in my head and I had to go okay Catherine one lamppost to one lamppost mm -hmm. just go one step at a time um, until slowly and it wasn't even phys physically it was it was mentally so again and I suppose that's that's the the the, the lessons that we learn from from Operation Transformation as well it's like so much of it is not just about physically not being able to exercise mm -hmm. it's all in in the head and it all boils down to how you see yourself what you're telling yourself um and so i think that's it's it's such a valuable lesson that you know um i think because and it's the one thing people say about what's your tips for weight loss and for for you know getting on on the right road to health and fitness and for me it is about um reminding yourself and, and doing that exercise about starting about what you are good at reminding yourself of your self-worth um, like writing down the things you're really good at. Forget about saying I'm fat, I'm ugly, I feel fit, I've not, I've no breath, I've no energy um, because you've said that to yourself for so long now, mm -hmm. you've got yourself into that cycle of bad habit. So actually forget about that. Let's start with the good. Let's actually write down where 
what our strengths are, who our support system is, who gives us, who makes us laugh, uh, what was, what makes us feel good, um, what was the last good thing you did for somebody. Write down those positives, remind yourself of the strengths that you have and then go, OK, what do I need to improve? And I think step by step, that's where you need to start, because so much of what we have now, we're so it's the self-negativity and the self-criticism um, and we've just got to uh, we've, we've got to be careful of it because it can take you down a, 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 a spiral that's very hard to come back from mm-hmm. um, and I think that's um, that's where a lot of people need to start and where you know when it comes to and it's about confidence and it's about like the one thing that I love more than anything in the whole world is seeing people push themselves outside their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I love it more than, you know, work and television. And I was going to say my family, but that would probably be <laughs> going a bit, a bit too far. far. <laughs> but everything that I've done, you know, even when I think back to the voice, I get this incredible feeling when I'm standing beside somebody and I see them walk out onto a stage and they are terrified Mm -hmm. and they are shaking and like the energy that you get from them. And they are, whether they're 12 or whether they're 80 and they walk out and they have said to me, I'm terrified and I'm, I'm going, just do it. You can do it. And I know they can do it. Um, but again, it's this, it's going back to, um, this, this voice telling you, you can't do something when you, when everybody else knows that you can. So watching that person walk out on stage, watching that leader walk out every week in their lycras to get up on a stage, to face their fears, to do it. Watching Siobhan McKillen realise that she actually can run and that it's the voice in her head for 10 years who's been telling her that she can't. Um, Watching my clients that come down to Pure pure Results who, who are absolutely fearful of spending a week with good food and lots of exercise mm-hmm. away from their comfort zones and seeing that what emerges in seven days. So all, for all, that, that's, that for me is the biggest, um, the biggest reward in the work that I do with seeing people, seeing people achieve. Well, it's taking your no fear approach to life and seeing other people apply that to their own lives. Mm. Um, yeah. Was setting up a business what you thought it would be? No, it was so much harder uh, so much more demanding in terms of every second of every day of every waking minute. <laughs> it was so tough because for me, I wanted, I, basically I wanted to, uh, I always wanted to run my own business. And for me, I looked at what I was good at and, uh, and what I knew and what I knew was travel and holidays and what people wanted because I've been doing it for 10 years and I knew health and wellness and, and fitness because it was kind of, it's how I lived and it was um, working on a show like Operation Transformation. So I was like combining those two getting people to realize that exercise and healthy ways of living and being outdoors uh, does not necessarily mean hardship and slog. And so I wanted to create a product where people could get out into the great outdoors in Ireland, be with like-minded people, get together in a, in a group and find support and no judgment and no intimidation and nobody's better or worse than you for all ages, all fitness levels. So you could be working out beside somebody who's able to do 500 sit-ups. And if mm-hmm. you can do your five and that's your 100%, that is the ethos of, of pure results. And that is what I wanted to create. So um, I knew I could do that. So I spent six months driving around Ireland, meeting suppliers, meeting hotels, finding the right locations, picking the right team, getting the right manager. So all of that, I was like, and then I met the clients and, you know, and I was, you know, this is 
this is fantastic. But it was the business end of things mm -hmm. and the responsibility that comes with that and the um, all of the logistics from a business perspective. And then you have people that you are now responsible for in terms of their their wages and you're trying to, you know, negotiate the best deals and then it's marketing and it's social media and it's everything. And I, I suppose naively, I thought that, you know, if I can't sell this business, I, I'm, I'm on the telly and, you know, I, everybody knows who I am and what I do and, you know, but that's not how business works, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, absolutely, I started that business when I was five steps up the ladder, uh, more so than any other person in a startup yeah. because I had that advantage um, of being able to generate press and whatever mm -hmm. else. But that does not necessarily convert to sales and your product at the end of the day, you've got to stand over, over it. So it took probably the guts of a year and a half, two years for people to, for the product to speak for itself, for the repeat business to come in, for word of mouth to spread. Mm -hmm. um, and now, as I said, we're six years in business and we've just expanded into Spain. It's just, I love it. And it, and it boils down to seeing people get out of their shell, come out of their shell. And at the end of the week saying, you know what, I am a much better person than I thought I was. I am much stronger physically and I'm much more capable mentally than I ever gave myself credit for. That for me is why I I, I do it. So it's applying the principles that you yourself have learned over the course of time in terms of balance, in terms of confidence, in terms yeah. of confidence, self-talk and applying and giving those other people along with the no fear approach that you that you bring to everything that you do. Um, I've known you for 10 years now at this stage and I've got to chat to this energetic, positive voice uh, fairly regularly. And it's great to bring you on the show to uh, have our listeners experience exactly what I get to experience when, when, when we hook up and when we chat. And it's been really lovely to get to chat to you properly and get to know you a little bit better. Aww. Thank you so much for coming on board on uh, the Real Help podcast. Obviously for pure results, people can check out your social media pages or your website yep. and Operation Transformation is back in January as well. Catherine Thomas, thank you so much for coming. And uh, folks, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As ever, you know where we are. It's realhealth.independent.ie at carthenrypt on Twitter and on Instagram and above all we shall see you next week for more Real Help Podcasts thanks a lot Leia Healthcare it's good to live proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry